So tonight, as we are taking a glimpse at this model prayer, I want to highlight something and I want to talk to us for just a few minutes on the prayer of confession. The prayer of confession. Look with me in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Jesus in these verses is talking about, uh, He is has been talking about uh, prayer. He's been talking about things that we do for the Lord, uh, doing these things in secret, praying in secret, giving in secret, fasting. And, and, and so as He is talking about prayer, He transitions in verse 5 to talk about people that are hypocritical, who love to pray standing out in the open and they're only doing, they're only praying and saying their prayers visibly just to be seen of men. So in, in verse six, he says, go into your closet when you pray. Verse seven, don't use vain repetitions in your prayers. In other words, empty statements that don't mean anything to you. You're just saying a bunch of words. I'm reminded of what John Bunyan said that in prayer, God, uh, it, it is better to, to uh, have more heart and less words than, than more words and less heart. And so surely Jesus is teaching that here in verse 7. And then in verse 8, uh, he, he comforts us by saying that our Father in heaven, our Heavenly Father, knows what we have need of even before we even begin to ask Him. So He transitions in verse 8 to verse 9, which is what we call the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, the beginning of the model prayer. Notice this, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or holy, revered is your name, Father. Hallowed, holy, sanctified is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, give us this day, today, Lord, today, Father, give us our daily bread. And then verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So I want you to highlight in your Bible and in your mind verse 12, where Jesus teaches us to pray, and isn't it interesting that the one who never sinned taught us to pray about our sins. And he says in verse 12 that a part of our prayer life every day is to be this prayer, specifically this statement and this, this, this intention in our prayers, Lord, forgive me as I forgive others. Jesus begins in verse 9 where He says, Now look, I want you to pray. Notice this phrase in verse 9. After this manner. Or in other words, I want you to pray in this way. I want you to pray like this. He says, uh, 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 so, so we understand uh, Jesus is giving us the model by which to pray. As Charles Spurgeon said uh, that this is the perfect model by which to shape your prayers. And so he says in verse 12 that we're to pray, we're to confess before God and say, Lord, Father, forgive my sins. 
Forgive my debts as I forgive others their debts. So I want you to notice four things about this prayer, this specific prayer of confession. The first truth is that this prayer is a prayer that recognizes our own personal debt that we owe to God. It's a prayer that recognizes our own personal debt that we owe to God. Jesus uses the words, our debts. Father, forgive our debts. Not somebody else's debts. Not somebody else's sins. Lord, our, mine. It's a personal pronoun. It means a debt that I owe. That's literally what the debt was. It was something owed. Spiritually speaking, in the context of what we're understanding here, it is a moral transgression. Transgression simply means a crossing of the line. It's a violation of the line. It's, it's, it's a crossing of the line of God's law. God's stated scriptural law. And Jesus says that you and I often, hear me, often violate the revealed written will, the revealed written Word of God. Sometimes even unintentionally or without premeditation. Sometimes it is intentional. It is with premeditation. But we do sin. One of the things that Jesus is not teaching here, ladies and gentlemen, is a repeated prayer to be saved. That's not what He is teaching. He's not teaching a repeated regeneration. He is not uh, uh, saying that we have to uh, pray for salvation every single day. No, friend, thank God we have assurance of our salvation. There is security in Christ. So this is not what He is teaching. He is simply teaching that we are to recognize our personal sin and our personal failure and our personal debt that we owe to the Lord. I like what Adam Clark said here. He said, man has, n- man has nothing to pay. Boy, isn't that true. There's nothing I can bring of my own accord before the Lord to pay for my sin. No good work, no deed, no amount of money, no righteousness that I can claim on my own. Man has nothing to pay. If his debts are not forgiven, Clark said, they must stand charged against him forever. Wow. Boy, isn't that true? But notice this. Notice the the necessity and the importance of confession and being honest before God. Listen to Proverbs 28.13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses, and forsakes them shall have mercy. Uh, Don't cover your sins, but confess and forsake. Listen to Psalm 32 verse 5. Listen to the words of David. I acknowledged my sin. My offense is really what it means. My offense unto thee. In mine iniquity, my fault, have I not hid. I said... I will confess, I will 
acknowledge. I will confess verbally my transgressions, my revolt, my rebellion unto the Lord. And then notice what God did, verse 5. You forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Or in other words, think on this, meditate on these things. Notice, notice the three different words David used for his sins. He, he, he says, my offense before God. He said, my, my, my fault, my iniquity. Then he said, my transgressions, my revolt, my rebellion. And friend, do we understand tonight that's how God views our sins? Our personal sins, they are offensive. It's an offense. We have a fault. We have revolted. Against who? Against the Lord. We have rebelled. Our rebellion, our transgression, our willful crossing of the line, crossing of His Word, His law, His holiness, His glory. Notice David said, uh, I'm going to do three things about my sin. He said, I'm going to acknowledge my sin. I'm going to recognize that it's there. Then he says, I'm going to refuse to hide it. He said, I have not hid my sin. Boy, aren't we good at hiding our sins. We're good at covering up. We're good at, at saving face and wanting everybody in the world to think we're okay. Man, I am. I, I want you to think I'm okay. I want you to think the Christian's alright. I, I don't want you to see the blemishes. If I could, I'd put some spiritual makeup all over my life so you wouldn't see any blemishes that I have in my life. No faults, no flaws. Man, I have a tendency where I want you to think that I don't have any struggles or anything like that at all. And what the Lord is saying here through David is, hey, the only posture to take when it comes to our sins is acknowledge it. Confess it. Don't hide it. Remember what we talked about Sunday morning when we said that the word confess in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. Remember this verse that we quoted? It's, 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 if we confess our sin, homo legato, if we say the same thing about our sin that the Lord says, then, I will find forgiveness. He, he, he is faithful and just. He is, he is trustworthy. He is righteous to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But the key, ladies and gentlemen, is to do what Jesus is leading us to do here. And that's you have to first recognize that you and I have a personal debt that we owe to the Lord. We have violated His Word. We, we, we must own up to that. So he says, first of all, this prayer is a prayer that recognizes our own personal debt that we owe to God. But secondly, I love this. It's a prayer, number two, that helps us reflect on the infinite mercy of the Lord. Think with me about this. He says, okay, now here's what I want you to pray. 
I want you to seek the Father and ask Him to forgive. I love this word. The word forgive here in verse 12 literally means to send away. It's like you would put a a burden on a a beast of burden, a donkey, or or like you would place something on a, a, a... uh, a cart, a wagon, and have cattle or oxen pull it away, or horses pull it away, or even uh, like cargo that you would place on a ship and that you would hoist the sail and loose the anchor and that ship would take the cargo away. It would sail away. Take it away. Send it away. Man, I'm so glad that because of God's infinite mercy that is in response to God's infinite justice, you and I can be, thank God. And as children of God, we are forgiven. So Jesus is not just drawing our attention to our sin and our lack and our inefficiency and insufficiency. Now friend, if He were just to do that, all of us would be left in the jail cell. But thank God He doesn't say, you're condemned and there's no hope for you. While we are convicted, yes, by our personal sin, thank God He wants us to know that there is abundant, infinite, limitless mercy available. So while He points out the fact of our sin, He right on the heels of that points out the fact that there's mercy available for us. So first of all, this is a prayer that recognizes our own personal debt before God. Secondly, it's a prayer that helps us reflect on the infinite mercy of the Lord because of Calvary, because of the sufficiency of His infinite sacrifice on the cross. Number three, Jesus is teaching us here that this prayer of confession is a prayer that we should pray every day. Now listen carefully. Listen to what he says in verse 11. He teaches us to pray for our daily bread, our daily supply of food. Give us this day our daily bread. Isn't it interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that this model prayer Jesus is implying we should pray every day that we should talk to Jesus, talk to the Father about these things every day. So consequently, let's keep this in context. Is it not also true that there is a daily need to come before the Lord for cleansing and confession? To ask the Lord, Lord, Where have I hurt you in the last 24 hours? Where have I been negligent? What areas of my spiritual priority have I faltered in in the last 24 hours? How have I, Lord, in the last 24 hours, daily, remember, how have I violated Your Word and Your will for my life? I'm reminded of Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Listen to what your Bible says. 
Search me, O God. That's a prayer that we've been taught to pray by the Lord. Search me, O God. Every day would you ask Him, God, search me. Know my heart, Lord. Try me, examine me, and know my thoughts. And Lord, see if there be any, any wicked way in me. Lord, show me what I need. Show me my sins. Daily pray this prayer. So we first of all see this as a prayer that recognizes our own personal debt to God. Number two, it's a prayer that points us back to the infinite mercy of the Lord. Number three, it's a prayer that ought to be prayed every single day. And then number four, I close with this. Notice this. He said, forgive us of our sins, of our debts, those things that we're delinquent on, Lord, as we are in the same fashion. Notice this, in the same way, in the same manner that we are going to forgive others who are delinquent toward us, who, who have violated us, who have hurt us, who owe us something. Lord, we're going to forgive them just as You forgive us. Or could it be vice versa? Lord, You forgive me as I are in the same way that I forgive other people. Just in the same fashion as we extend forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Our debtors, somebody who owes me something. You ever heard somebody say this? I'll tell you what, those people owe me such and such and I'm going to make them pay. We understand what that means. Or... I'll tell you what, they said something about, they hit me hard and I'm going to do what? I'm going to hit them harder. They, 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 they defrauded me. They embarrassed me. They abused me. They hurt me. They, they falsely accused me. They reviled me and I'm going to, they're going to pay. They're going to pay for what they've done. We, we, we have this concept, it's, 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 it's an eye for an eye. What about eye for an eye? What about that phrase that is used in Exodus 21, Leviticus 24, and Deuteronomy 19 in the Old Testament? We have a tendency to want to apply that to our personal lives when it comes to our individual human relationships. But do you realize that in the Old Testament when that was given, that in its context there, the phrase was used in the occasion of a court case, of a judicial, legal uh, uh, trial before a civil authority such as a judge. You see, an eye for an eye was intended to be a guiding ethic, one writer said, for legislators and judges. It was not meant to advocate personal vengeance. Many times in our own spiritual journey, we are prone to believe that because someone has hurt me, I have a right 
to begrudge them. I have a right to be uh, hate-filled or to, to hold spite uh, toward them or to be uh, wrathful and vengeful toward them. Jesus addresses that. Listen to Jesus' interpretation of that Old Testament phrase in Matthew 5, 38 through 44. You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other. If any man will sue thee at the law, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him two miles. Again, he's speaking not judiciously, but personally. As individual Christians, give to him that asketh thee. From him that would borrow to thee, turn thou not away. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That, that's not in the Bible, by the way. I say unto you, Jesus said, to love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. What? What happened to eye for an eye? Well, let me tell you what happened to it. Jesus totally turned the concept of human justice on its head. And he said, I want you to live by a different law than the law of vengeance and wrath. I don't want you to be seeking to get even. I want you to manifest that, hey, because the Father has forgiven you, you and I now have the capacity to forgive those who sin against us. Jesus is very specific in verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But listen to this warning, and I do believe it's a warning. Verse 15, but if you don't forgive men their sins, their trespasses, their violations against you, hear me, neither will your Father forgive you. Yours. CP, what are you saying? Are you saying if I don't forgive, He won't forgive me? I'm not saying that. Jesus is saying that. And why is that? Remember, because the Father has forgiven us, we can in fact extend, extend the same forgiveness to others. Furthermore, your choice to forgive the one who has sinned against you will determine God's choice to forgive you. Here's why. Because if I harbor resentment, hatred, and revenge in my spirit toward someone, I cannot be right with the Father. And if I refuse to deal with that properly and honestly before the Lord, then I am in violation of the very first principle that we talked about tonight. I am in violation of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 
I am refusing to acknowledge and to agree with God about my sin. Therefore, Jesus says, if you refuse to deal with your bitterness and your resentment and your own attitude toward the offending person, if you refuse to deal with that correctly, then you won't be forgiven because you will not meet His qualifications for what forgiveness is all about. So I ask you tonight as we close, my friend, while I've been talking on the outside, the Holy Spirit has been speaking on the inside. Who is it that you need to forgive? Who is it that you need to extend forgiveness to Because this prayer of confession, friend, teaches us and reminds us of our personal debt before the Lord. It reminds us of the infinite mercy of the Lord. It reminds us to pray and seek God daily for cleansing. And then it reminds us of our responsibility to forgive those who sin against us. Let's pray. Wonderful Father, Give us the power to live this out to the glory of God in Jesus' name.